What's up? What's up? Another week, another podcast. This is your favorite football podcast, the Football Academy. I'm here to tonight with Braden. How's it going, sir? It's good. Uh, I'm ready to continue a strong week of betting that we had last week. Uh, so I'm ready to keep this uh, train rolling along. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a quick word about the Man City Southampton game uh, for a few, like 10 minutes, I guess. There was hope that uh, City might drop some points, but it was never going to happen against Southampton. A 5-2 win for Manchester City. And uh, I mean, credit to them uh, for what it's worth and uh, well played. I'm, I don't think we need to dive really too deep into it. Sorry to the Southampton fans who were hoping would... I mean, I don't know what you were hoping for because I'd rather just not talk about that. And Manchester City, hey, good thing you can beat nine, you can beat 18 other fucking teams, but not Manchester United. So as long as that's the case, I'll keep it rolling. Having said that, uh, we're going to do a preview. But Brayden, do you want to give a rundown of how we're going to do that? Yeah, so uh, what we do is we take each game that's going to be played this week and we have 100 pod bucks to bet on the three-way money line. Uh, so uh, when... Uh, home win, away win, or draw uh, for, for for each outcome. And uh, so at the end of it, uh, when we do the review sh- show next week, uh, we'll tally that all up and see how we did, and uh, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, uh, it should be a good cracking weekend of football indeed. Uh, Newcastle United, first up take on Aston Villa, a big, big game for Newcastle. They do need these three points to stay afloat and a little bit away from the relegation zone which uh, is kind of sucking them in like black hole right now um newcastle united sorry not manchester united newcastle united at plus 285 aston villa even odds draw at plus 255 over unders at two and a half if jack Grealish is playing i don't think this will be even a question yeah i have to agree with that i think if jack Grealish were playing this is a very easy pick of villa but i think the advantage of that is that I, I think the this Villa line is really depressed because of that. Like I I don't think that even without Jack Grealish, I think Villa are better than even odds uh, to win this match. I just read an excerpt that says that uh, Grealish is still a doubt for this week weekend. Uh, so I again I think that's kind of why the line is where it is. Newcastle, uh, like you said, they've they've really got to fight for. Uh, whether they're going to stay up in the Premier League this year. Um, It's not looking great right now, but um, these are kind of the games that they're going to need to get some points from if they want to stay up. I'm going to go with Villa. I think they're a better team than Newcastle. I think that even without Grealish, I I think they should have more than enough to handle them. And I'm not really buying into Newcastle digging in and making a big stand to stave off relegation. So I'll say this, losing uh, Jack Grealish has been tough on them, but at the same time, losing Cash and uh, losing El Ghazi along with it has taken kind of a beating. I'm looking at the return date for uh, the two of them. Uh, El Ghazi is out for a while. Oh, sorry. Matty Cash is still out for a while, another week. El Ghazi might come back. Jack Grealish, there are rumors that he might may come back, as you already suggested. So I'm going to go along with that and uh, kind of buy the rumor and hopefully not have to sell the news when it really comes down to it and uh, go with Aston Villa in this game as well. Um, I will say Newcastle can be a team that's hard to beat, but by beat, I mean defensively, they can be a little bit organized when they really want to be. 
But um, I think Aston Villa, as you said, are going to have just enough in the tank. And because the line would even odds plus favorites, I'm going to take them in their situation. Let's move on to the next game. Leeds United taking on Chelsea Football Club. Leeds at plus 365. Chelsea at minus 135. Draw at plus 285. Over under is a two and a half. Do you think this uh, Thomas Tuchel run is going to continue or uh, Bielsa going to show that he's a, he's really a nominee for the manager of the year? Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not buying that. Uh, I think this is a great spot to take Chelsea. I think that this is generally when Bielsa teams start to uh, kind of fade away a little bit uh, in the season. And I think that Tuchel really has this, this Chelsea team uh, kind of putting in the work, and they've also got the talent to beat Leeds. Like, I, I think that's a real challenge of playing against Leeds is just matching their intensity. And if you match your intensity, you have a talent advantage, you're pretty much going to beat Leeds. Like, I, I don't think that they have that much, like, tactical nuance about them that they're going to, like, surprise you with anything. It's just going out and executing against them. And I think that's the thing that this Tuchel team is doing right now. I think they are executing well. I like Chelsea in this game. Um, the only thing is, like, if you're at all concerned about whether Chelsea finish the chances that they get. I think this is finally a game that Havertz and Timo Werner will feel like they're playing a Bundesliga team. Um, <laughs> there's going to be a whole lot of spaces. They're going to leads tend to lose the ball a lot in transition. And... Uh, I mean, whether he plays Kante, I mean, you, I feel like you have to play Kante and Mount's definitely going to play this game because he's not going to play the midweek game against Atletico. So I think overall Chelsea's coming together nicely and with them defensive, defensively being as resolute as they have been recently, I'm going to take Chelsea in this game as well. I will say the only thing, I don't believe uh, I've seen them come back and win a game um, under Tuchel just yet. So if... If it happens, I mean, Leeds is kind of the perfect opponent to go behind against because it's not like they're going to park the bus if they go one up. So it could be a situation. And if that is something you look, you think is going to happen, I'd take the over. But I, I think this probably ends up being a comfortable 2-0 win for Chelsea. And also, like, you just have to remember, they just have, at the end of the day, they have a lot of talent. Yeah. Christian Pulisic, I mean, I don't know what. Dujo's been pretty straightforward that he likes Pulisic off the bench so uh for all American soccer fans out there like that could you might need to see Christian Pulisic leave Chelsea in order to get some more game time but you look at Pulisic you look at Hudson-Odoi, Werner, Giroud I don't know if Tammy's hurt or not uh Mount and so on I think there's just too much talent I would like to see what Leeds do but overall I just don't think they'll have enough in the tank and just the way they play tools too smart to kind of uh Get down to the level. He'll make sure his team's ready. Let's move on to the next game. We got Crystal Palace taking on West Brom. Crystal Palace at plus 120. West Brom at plus 265. Draw at plus 215. Over-unders at two. I mean, Roy Hodgson against Big Sam. This is uh, this has been a Premier League fixture. I feel like almost a decade ago and it's still a Premier League fixture now. Yeah, and it's also still a mid-table to relegation Premier League fixture for 10 years now. I I don't know. Like, this is a this is a tough one to figure out because I do think a lot... Uh, Z- well, let me back up. Zaha came back to play a half uh, in Palace's last match, and 
if he is getting back to fitness, I, I think that's really, really bad for West Brom. That said, I just I I never really like a Palace team to go and take the initiative to try to beat a team. And I do kind of think that with the desperation that West Brom are in, and I, I don't know, I think they might be a little bit of a bad matchup um, for Palace in that they've got a, a big lumbering physical center forward that they're going to cross into. And I know that Palace are a team that generally likes to be pretty organized, but I just have very little faith in their center backs and their ability to handle that. Uh, and so I think I'm going to go with West Brom here. I, I think that just them really needing the win, and this will be one that I think Big Sam has circled as they need to get three points from. That could that could definitely happen. But I, I also think there is, gonna, there is a part of uh, Palace that's just going to be tired but at the same time, I'm just I'm I'm gonna go with a draw in this situation. I think I you know what, fuck it. I don't have to explain myself. It's big Sam against Roy Hudson. Yeah, I was gonna say like a draw in a big Sam match <laughs> is always a fair prediction. Yeah, and I mean I I also just don't think either one of them are good enough to get the win if it stays one one or nil nil or whatever for a prolonged time. But I, I also do, okay, what do you think is about to happen with Zaha? Let's have a quick conversation because we are only doing previews. Very rarely do we get a, do we have we had a chance to do this this year. Crystal Palace, Warford Zaha, it's been a saga all along. And every summer outside of this past summer, I feel like this past summer, Jack Grealish kind of took all the limelight away from Zaha that he had been getting these last couple of summers do you think he's going to leave? Do you think he's staying at this point for the rest of his career? What do you think is the game plan? It's really tough to say. I do kind of think that Palace and maybe with, with as a palace think that maybe they've bought his replacement finally. And I think maybe they're they would be more open to selling him this summer than they would in the past to try to, to try to cash in and move along. But I don't know. It's it's getting to the point where Zaha at 27 kind of made sense to splash cash on uh, back when Arsenal was pursuing him with Emery. Uh, But, you know, at this point, it makes less sense to spend a whole lot of money on him. Like you get him for free, you get him for 20 to 30 million pounds. I think he'd be fine with that. But I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams, especially in a covid market that are looking to spend big money on him. Yeah, I, I guess that that is a fair assessment. I will say this about Crystal Palace. I We kind of talked about this a little bit last week. They they have a decision to make at the end of the season. Like, they're going to stay in the Premier League this year. I, I think barring, like, an administrative kind of a catastrophe, I, I don't necessarily see them get relegated. However, like, they have decision to make in terms of Roy Hudson. He's, his contract's done. And they're under 23s and under 18 teams. Like the couple of games that I've seen, they have some ballers coming through. So, like, you could really sell it to Wolfred Zaha. Hey, like, he's a palace boy at the end of the day, right? So, like, kind of sell it to him. You lead the new generation in and whatnot, and we'll get you a coach. Because I feel like West Ham and David Moyes have kind of shown the way that, hey, you don't need a whole lot of fucking amazing young players. You have to get the right young player with the right kind of coach. 
I don't I don't know if Roy Hudson at his age is about to go change and uh, play the kind of football that, you know, even David Moyes is playing right now. But I do think there is potential for that club if they're willing to take that risk. But then again, you have to be willing to take the risk because, you know, with Roy Hudson, you're going to get somebody who can stay in the Premier League. Right. Like more yeah. often than not. Yeah. So I. So I don't know, because I think I think when I look at West Ham, one of the things that I thought about them for the last couple of years is that they pretty strongly underachieved kind of the baseline talent they had, because it's not just like when I look at this Palace team, I think it's Zaha. I think it's as a and I think the drop down from those two is pretty significant. Like, I don't. I don't really rate Milivojevic that much. Townsend, Benteke, I, Van Anholt is probably who I would say is the next best player on that team. And that should tell you a little bit about what I think about the overall talent at Palace. Whereas West Ham has some guys like Cresswell is a decent enough player to, to go in and play left back. You have obviously Suchek, dec- like a really decent midfielder there and there's kind of like a lot of guys on this West Ham team like Antonio that are pieces you can do things with that I don't really know that you have at Palace and so I think if you want to kind of take that next step with Palace you're looking at a much bigger rebuild than West Ham yeah I mean so not to make this like too much we can go into this during the international upcoming international break um I'll just say man they they had what well, Payet was at his own level at one point popping off. You had uh, Antonio at one point kind of being all by himself. And uh, what's his face? Lanzini and those kinds of guys. Like, I think West Ham had a similar place where the drop-off was so much. But you they kind of changed it to a hard-working team. And that's where they started seeing the better results. Maybe there's a blueprint there. But I do think, like, Overall, they have shown that there is a way to go about doing business and building a team that if you do have young players coming through who are decent, make a pathway for them and you can see which way it goes because the Premier League is changing and I feel like the longer the teams like Palace and even West Brom at this point hold on to this kind of football, the higher likelihood it is that the day they go extinct, it's going to have to take a fundamental change for them to come back to the Premier League. Yeah, kind of what happened fair. to Sunderland. Yep. All right. Uh, before we go too deep into uh, the philosophy of football and the Premier League, let's move on to the next game. Everton, in their hunt for the top four races, take on Burnley, who are probably going to stay safe, but still could use three points in this situation. Everton at minus 120 at home. Burnley at plus 360. Draw at plus 250. Over-unders at two and a half. I'll tell you what, man. Ancelotti has made it a habit of more often than not beating these teams uh, in order to like stay in that top four hunt. And then every time there is a potential for them to take that next step, except for the Merseyside derby, they have not been able to do so. So I'm going to just go ahead and uh, take Everton in this case, because I do think they're going to win. And uh, given that they're at home against Burnley. Yeah, I think that's right as well. Uh, When I think of Burnley, I think of a, like obviously Burnley play a very distinct style with uh, kind of the large bodies they have that they like to cross into for set pieces uh, and even just crosses from open play. But when I think of this Everton team, I I think of a team that can hold their own with that. 
And that's really bad for Burnley, in my opinion, because I, I think Burnley kind of need to dominate a team in the air in, in order to consistently have chances to score. And I don't think they're going to have that against Everton because I think Everton are pretty much the equal to Burnley there. And so I'm going to go with Everton as well. I think they have more overall talent, and I don't think that Burnley's kind of advantage that they have over most teams will be present in this game. Most definitely agree with that, sir. Let's move on to the next one. A big, big game for Fulham, who uh, went out there and got a stunning result at Anfield. I don't know how stunning it is anymore, but a stunning result for them nonetheless. Can they get three points again? They're at home at plus 875 and no points for guessing. When there are odds like that, there's only one team you're facing in the Premier League. Manchester City, a minus 290. And draw at plus 400, over-unders at two and a half. Man, I gave Scott Parker so much shit early on in the season. Is he about to come out and do something crazy? No. I, I mean, just there's there's two teams that I think are kind of silly to to bet against. Well, there there's two teams that I think are silly to bet a different way against. So, City, I think it's it's silly to bet against them. I think Sheffield, it's silly to bet on them. Um, and I I think for City, like it's just you should take City until they're proven otherwise. Which you can argue United did that last week, but I, I just don't think that Fulham can exploit a City like United can for obvious reasons. Um, so I'm just gonna go with City. You know what? Any result outside of the one I'm about to bet on would make me really, really happy. So I'm just going to go with the Manchester City to win this game. And I mean, I I would love to go on and explain why, but I don't think I had to in this situation. Let's move on to the next game. Southampton, are they going to win a Premier League game again? Taking on Brighton, are they going to score a couple of goals again? Southampton at plus 200, Brighton at plus 155, draw at plus 210, over under at two. I mean, this should be a very high scoring, amazing game, right? Like if all things considered, there are two teams that play very open that create a decent number of chances. But I, for some reason, just feel like it's going to not be that. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you. And one reason why it won't be like that is just because even if Brighton gets the chances, who knows if they finish any of them. I Southampton, on the other hand, like I think that the City match is not really a representation of what uh, Southampton are really capable of. Uh, it's I, I think they deserve some credit even for getting the two goals against them because uh, City have uh, been really miserly uh, in this whole really if you look at the run they had the unbeaten run they had before united beat them like they were really pretty incredible with not allowing goals uh, in and so i think southampton deserves some credit for getting the two goals that they had um i don't know about this game though like part of me thinks that with ings still hurt they're going to have to have Che Adams leading the line. And I like Che Adams. I think he's a, a good player, but I I don't know that he's kind of the starting like striker that you want uh, for a, a team like Southampton. I, but I also look at Brighton. I just, I don't know where the goals are coming from this game. 
Um, I'm going to go with the draw, actually. Like, I think that it's going to be pretty open, but I, I think that this has got a good chance of you, you're going to look at the XG, and the XG is going to be something like two and a half to three, but the game ends one, one. And you're like, how did this happen? Damn, that is, that is how I see it happen. But I'm going to go with the boys for once, one more time. I'm going to go Brighton. They're probably going to let me down, but you know what? I have some faith that they're going to come out and win. And Southampton played a midweek game that should make them a little bit more tired, especially against Man City, where we kind of have to run all over the park. So, Hoping it has its effects and uh, Brighton are there to take advantage of it because I know they'll have chances. Man, fuck, like put Charlie McLean on that fucking team. He'll go out there and score because put Enkedia on that team. He'll score like anybody who can finish chances. I feel like could be a star at Brighton because they're going to create a whole lot of chances. And talking about chances, it's been very easy for this team to come by in even with injuries, they seem to have figured out a way. Leicester City taking on a team that don't create a whole lot of chances in Sheffield United. Leicester City at minus 195. Sheffield United at plus 575. Draw at plus 315. Over-unders at two and a half. I'm going to go ahead and take Leicester. Are you going to keep your word in saying you should not bet with Sheffield United? Yeah, I, I already told you what I was betting on this game. Uh, I'm taking Leicester. Uh, for Sheffield, like I think they're a team, again, they're going to work hard. They're going to uh, do what they can to try to win this game. But I, I think Leicester are going to go ahead. And then once once Sheffield kind of concedes a goal, you see some heads drop. And uh, you just it's pretty clear there's no real way back for them. Um, so I, I'd take Leicester. I'd like the Leicester to keep a clean sheet. Prop bet, if that's your inclination, uh, take Leicester. I'll say this about Sheffield United without like I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Leicester or anything with Harvey Barnes out with James Madison still potentially out Sheffield can make it difficult for you to score like Oscar United and we lost at Old Trafford to these guys yeah. like they'll make it difficult and if it wasn't for like Jamie Vardy being so good at scoring those low XG chances I I wouldn't necessarily take Leicester in this situation but they are a team that has seemed to figure out a way. And I think ultimately what's fueling them a whole lot is the, is I guess remembering what, how it felt last day of the season last year when they were third for the longest time in the Premier League table and ended up just not getting Champions League football at all. So I think that fuels them. Brendan Rodgers is a decent coach. So I'm going to go with Leicester as well, as I said before. After that comes a small matter of the North London derby that a game that is going to be a blockbuster, in my opinion. Everything is on the table. Both these teams are going to be tired as shit after their Europa League games. Who really is about to exploit the other team? I would love to hear your thoughts. But before that, the odds for this game, Arsenal at plus 155 at home against Spurs at plus 180. Draw at plus 240. Over-unders at 2.5. How are you feeling? Like, as a fan, how are you feeling before we start talking gambling? Yeah, I mean, so going into the fixtures last week, uh, so before the Burnley game and, and before Spurs uh, kind of took apart Palace, I was pretty confident that Arsenal were going to win this game. Uh, I think Arsenal have been on the right uh, trajectory. I think that they've been playing a lot better. 
And uh, to be honest, the way Arsenal played against Burnley didn't really change my opinion on that at all. Like, I realized Arsenal didn't get the win in that game or everything like that, but they, they still went out and pretty much dominated a team and just had some things that didn't go their way. That's fine. Uh, Spurs, on the other hand, when, with the way that they played, it, it concerns me a little bit uh, for this game uh, just because if they start clicking again, um, that's it's really not the right time uh, for us. Like, I'd much rather them just go and, and still be struggling to to put chances away like they had been a, a few weeks ago. Um, but I I still feel pretty good about Arsenal's chances this game. I, I think that there's going to be a bad taste from um, from the last North London derby where you know Partey for some reason decided to come off in the middle of a counterattack and I, I I don't know like I think there's going to be a, a real bad taste because Arsenal were pretty much on top of that game uh, except for two moments that uh, Spurs really came and struck back against them and and that was kind of in the middle of Arsenal's like malaise period of just like not being able to get any wins at all and uh, I was looking at some stats on Arsenal basically since boxing day if you look at like expected goal differential expected points that sort of thing like Arsenal are like right around fourth in the league since Boxing Day. Uh, so they, they've had a strong turnaround performance since then. Um, I, I really think that this is a match Arteta absolutely needs to win. And I, I think the club's going to go out and do it. Like I, I think that there's a little bit more focus uh, than there's been in the past to this team. And, and I, I like Arsenal to win this game. So what is really fascinating for me in this situation is the fact that Spurs seem to have some sort of a depth in their squad, attacking-wise at least. Like if Mourinho really wants to, he can just rotate Kane, he can rotate Bale, Son, Lucas. Like come out with a combination to make sure that they stay fresh. It's a home game for them, whereas Arsenal are traveling. So I think odds are kind of stacked against Arsenal in that situation. And Mourinho doesn't lose to Arsenal very often. Yeah. If ever. Like, you know, that, and it's a clash of styles, per se, like between Arteta and Mourinho. But at the end of the day, I I, I think this is going to go down the wire. And I, I, I really want to take Arsenal, but just to be different a little bit, I'm going to go take the draw. I feel like both these teams are... In a situation where, you know, the Europa League is what really matters in order to get Champions League football. For Spurs, it's a little bit more uh, like likely that they get top four. I, I don't, I mean, no offense, but I don't necessarily see Arsenal getting top four this season. Um, so, so none taken, but like no one's going to give a fuck about that Sunday. Like that's not going to be what this game's about. Yeah, but like it, I still, point taken. But I, I I just haven't seen uh, even the outside of the Merseyside derby like early on where fucking like tackles are flying and you had Pickford, Van Dyke and you know Thiago and uh, what's his face, um, Rich Allison and all of that shit like it, it, because the crowd's not there because I feel like all of that like it's not as peak derby day you know, uh, fight that you normally see. Uh, I will say nobody's going to give a fuck about that. Both these teams want to win. I think 
as of right now, Spurs are a little bit better, in my opinion, just because the experienced players that they have, who, like, you know, the pro golfer who decides to play football from time to time seems to have, you know, found a new hobby of scoring goals now. So I I do think there's a good chance that those guys come out a little bit fresher than Arsenal, and that's the only reason I'm not going to go full Arsenal and go with the draw. I, it, I think given a full week of rest for both these teams, I would have taken Arsenal. Because I just think for guys like Saka, Smithrow, and all of these guys who like grew up supporting Arsenal, being at the club, it just means more. And you see that, you saw that at the, in the Manchester derby, you saw that in the Merseyside derby, and I feel like you're going to see that in the North London derby as well. Having said that, this might be the North London derby, but the next one should just be deemed as the David Moyes derby or the Jesse Lingard derby, whichever way you want to put it out there. Manchester United taking on West Ham United after a very emotional uh, week for West Ham after Mark Noble said this is going to be his last season with uh, West Ham. Uh, Man United at minus 120, West Ham at plus 350, draw at plus 255, over-unders at two and a half. I'm just happy Jesse Lingard isn't playing because he would have definitely scored in this game if he was playing. I feel like this line is slightly disrespectful to West Ham, uh, but... And mostly that's about them being at plus 350. Uh, Man United at minus 120 seems about right. This West Ham team is a team that's capable of going in and, and getting a result here in this match. I I don't know. Like This is possibly a letdown spot for United uh, when you think about uh, after the um, Manchester Derby, uh, you've got a West Ham team that no one really seems to get excited for, even if they're playing around a top four level. Like I, I don't think that they have the target on their back uh, when it comes to fixtures, like some of the more traditional bigger teams do. So I do wonder if United could uh, have a little bit of a letdown spot here. Uh, so I'm going to go with the draw. I wouldn't really be shocked at any of the outcomes here, uh, but I just kind of think that, you know, United's got to play in Europe. Uh, West Ham get the whole week to, prepare for it. I do just wonder if that's going to make some difference. If like a game of what I think will be pretty fine margins, because I I do think that while United are a little bit better overall, I I think that it's not, I I think that the difference in preparation time that these two teams will have for this fixture will kind of close some of that gap. I think that's very, very fair. Kind of disrespectful that the game's a fucking 1255 tomorrow. Like, it this game if and and this is how i realized how old i am at this point like there was a time where milan man united was a champions league fucking benchmark for these two teams and now it's like hey we're meeting in europe not even in the fucking champions league and uh gotta have to face against each other with our city rivals in there for them inter milan and for us manchester city both firmly in grasp of winning the title so Kind of brings back a lot of memories. Um, so I'm going to go with West Ham in this situation because I... So hear me out. When we played them... <laughs> hear me out. Uh, when we played them in the um, FA Cup, it was a nil-nil. And then I think we won one nil in extra time. And they gave us a game. They gave us a run for the money. And not playing midweek and us having played midweek with potentially not potentially Pogba's out Van de Beek's out um Cavani's still missing Tellez is out 
Uh, and Marcus Rashford is quite possibly not going to be playing in this game. So unless Diallo is about to turn into fucking Messi for these next couple of games, I'm not as high on Manchester United as I normally would be. I do think not needing to travel play helps a little bit. But uh, I, do, I think with the form that West Ham have been in, and just because of you know David Moyes, the desire to come out and win the game, I think it, it is going to we are going to see uh, a West Ham team that comes out and you know especially knowing that we knocked them out of the cup as well, they're gonna come out and want to play. And uh, I'm gonna take West Ham because at the end of the day, a draw is not the worst case scenario in this situation. If like I know Leicester fans are going to go create, be very happy with a uh, with a draw. Chelsea fans would be very happy with a draw. But I think, as far as Man United goes, like if you can get a draw here and get out after hopefully a very good result against AC Milan, I think it ge- it sets up a nice platform to you know finish off the Europa League, go get into the semi-final of the FA Cup after that, and uh, look at what could be the last, you know, sprint to finish off the season. So I think these next three, uh, next four games before the international break are crucial for Manchester United. And I just think West Ham are the toughest opponent because nobody's going to give them a chance. And the odds are, as you said, 350, kind of disrespectful to them. But I'm going to take West Ham just even without um, Jesse Lingard. I think Declan Rice probably bosses the game and shows why we should sign him. On, On top of that, Antonio going up against Lindelof is not going to be a great sight. So I, I think overall, David Moyes is going to set the team up in a proper manner and uh, they're going to come out and uh, win. At, and again, we don't play well at fucking Old Trafford for some reason. But hey, in Dino, we trust. That's all I have to say. Having said that, let's move on to the last game of the weekend, which is going to be played on a Monday. Wolverhampton Wanderers taking on a Liverpool football club. Oh, um, Wolves at plus 365, uh, Liverpool at minus 125, draw at plus 265, over-unders at two and a half. Man, if this was at Anfield, it would have been a no-brainer, right? Who's going to win? I mean, I think I'm still going with that. I think that this is a Liverpool team that, I said it before, I think they're wholly disinterested in the league at this point. I I don't think that they're really going to be bothered to show up and play. I I think you have a Liverpool team that are solely concentrated on the Champions League at this point. And I think you got a Wolves team that uh, I think they're starting to figure some things out about how to play with kind of the squad they have, um, and which isn't necessarily the squad that they want long term. Um, but I'm going to go with Wolves. I think that I, I don't know. I just I don't think. Liverpool have to come out and not be flat in a Premier League match for me to take them again, in my opinion, because they've been flat for too many games. And and I think that's going to get them beat more often than not. I agree with those sentiments, but I just think with the return of Jota to Wolverhampton Wanderers with the, I mean, the return of Fabinho at the end of the day to midfield. I mean, you know, there is positive signs and I think there is some, they're starting to. I I watched the Leipzig game, and it's probably a whole lot of recency bias, but I'm gonna take Liverpool because of that game. I think this is not Anfield, so they're not gonna lose their seventh straight game at Anfield. Although it'd be a dream come true to watch that happen, but um, overall, I think they are going to go out there and um, punish 
Wolves, just, I, I think Wolves are there to be taken and Liverpool are a team that can make Wolves look bad. However, I think Liverpool were the first team Wolves faced after uh, Jimenez had gotten hurt and absolutely got slapped 4-0 or 5-0 early, early on in the season. So there's still a chance that, uh, you know, not still a chance. I think Wolves remember that. And with the likes of Pedro Neto and company, like they can exploit Liverpool. I'm not going to write that out. I just... Uh, you know, much like how I keep betting against uh, United because I know I would be happy if United win. It's kind of like I'm going to keep betting on Liverpool <laughs> because I would be happy as long as they keep dropping points. So uh, it, it's it's going to be a thing. And uh, when, uh, if, not if, when Will comes back, it, it's, it's going to be a rude awakening for him, uh, hopefully, much like that Watford game was a year ago. Having said that, uh, that is it from us for this weekend's preview. It feels nice to have to preview once later games, not have to review and preview and do it all over again, um, back-to-back podcasts. It gives us also some time to talk about, you know, some deeper things about football. And much like Wolford Zaha and Crystal Palace, uh, we will be back with some more uh, interesting questions as we'll have more time in the upcoming podcasts. We'll also have... Um, a special guest, hopefully during the international break, a guest we haven't had before. And uh, as long as our schedules work out, that is going to be a fun, fun time as well. Having said that, that's it from us. We shall see you next week. And uh, hopefully we make you a lot of money, but don't take us as financial advisors. Cheers. Bye-bye.